Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm still standing. Now back to 95.7 The Game. One year ago, the Giants were in the process of ripping the hearts out of the Dodgers and dismantling their closer, taking three or four from L.A. at Dodger Stadium. And right now, the Giants have just lost two in a row at Dodger Stadium, and they're certainly not having a bad year. Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson with you on 95.7 The Game. But there seems to be, at least as far as fans are concerned, a feeling of, eh, Giants 48 and 45, Uh, They're in the playoff race now that we have another wild card race. And you've got an opportunity here. Excuse me. We have another wild card spot available. Uh, You have an opportunity to pursue Juan Soto. So is that something the the Giants need to do? Would that energize the franchise in a way that uh, the fan base so desperately needs? Or do fans have to be more patient and have more trust in Farhan? On the text line here from the 510, majority of the Giants' best prospects are still Two to three years away from the big leagues. If you trade them, couldn't you draft players in next year's draft that have the same time frame, JD? I I think it's certainly possible, but at that point, though, I mean, it it's possible. But at that point, you're threading the, the needle. It's just to, tough to thread that needle. Yeah, exactly. At that point, the pressure to get it right gets ramped up. I think exponentially is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, from the six five zero last year, people thought Farhan was ahead of schedule. Now it seems they're behind, and that's been a tough pill to swallow. I agree. Whether that's true or not, whether they were ahead of schedule last year or not, it definitely seems that way this what? year. I think there's definitely that feel uh, from Giants fans, and I think that started in the off season when they really didn't do anything overly dramatic. Did did you think they were ahead of schedule? Because I see I didn't I, I did not at any point think they were ahead of schedule because they were so reliant on the veteran players. Like it was still Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford and and Brandon Belt. And I'll admit I got I was a little thrown off by by Buster Posey's decision to to retire with the one year left on his contract that that he could have opted opted in on. Uh, I, I, I thought he was going to play 2022 and then maybe make a decision, like run it back one more year. And, and, and look, I think whether the Giants got surprised by that and, and, and they clearly haven't been able to fill his production or his leadership, that, that's not necessarily really where I wanted to go with it, but I want to bring it back to ahead of schedule or not. I mean, ahead of schedule would be the young players are, are, are here and helping them win. Like the young players were never a part of what they were really doing last year other than other than Logan Webb and, and maybe a couple of relievers Duvall the, the headliner toward the end of the year and, and in the playoffs so I, I just I, I don't know why I, I, I look at it like no it was it was an awesome season it was cobbled together to me it showed that Farhan Zaidi has the ability to put together a really good baseball team on the fly whether it's getting a little more out of players that that previously were believed to be washed or finding the Lamont Wades and the Darren Ruffs of the world and just piecing it all together to me that it was more just confidence that okay maybe they don't have to suck while they're continuing to rebuild the farm system and come up with that next wave of talent that they want to be the next 
Posey and Belt and Crawford and Pablo Sandoval and and, and maybe some of the the pitchers that were uh, you know the, the Kane Lincecum and, and and Bumgarner you know not that they're going to have all of those guys at that level but but they're looking for the next wave and it's going to be a few years. To me, it's only a plus if you can actually be a competitive team while you do it. And so to me, it was more independent of ahead of schedule. It was just, hey, they could they, they may not suck because I'll be honest, I thought they were going to suck in 2020 and 2021 and maybe not turn the corner until 22 or 23. Uh, and, and they've been able to, to not have to do that, which in the short term – I know it hadn't looked great this year, but in the short term, I actually think is a good thing. Like, I've actually been, oh my gosh, the, the 21 Giants were amazing, and that's in its own box. But the, but the 2022 Giants, while it hasn't been a great look in terms of the shoddy baseball, they're in the race, and I think they've played a lot of games similar to the games last year. They just haven't won as many of them, uh, which which changes the calculus, I, I guess, in, in the in the eyes of some. But I, I don't know. I just don't think the outlook is nearly as bleak as a lot of Giants fans do. J.D., I did think last year they overachieved, and maybe you saw it uh, you know, more clear-eyed than I did. Well, they but, overachieved. They yeah, overachieved, but I, I thought sure. they were ahead of schedule. But ahead yeah. of schedule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think they were ahead of schedule. Yeah, thank you. Uh, there were two reasons. I'll tell you what they were uh, in just a moment. But first, well, before we get to the phones, on the text line from the 925, thank you, Ernie from Concord. <laughs> I guarantee you, Ernie, this is not true. J.D. got caught up in Kapler mania. <laughs> I don't think yeah, you no. did, J.D., did you? No, it, 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 and I think the chickens are coming home to roost on that one. Um, I mean, it, and look, we'll see. I mean, it's yeah. – it, and there I'm have not been laughing at you. I, excuse no. me, but I know a lot of people were overboard about Gabe Kapler, and you you never were. That's And, yeah. and I, nev- I, yeah. never, I never was last year. Like, look, I mean, he got credit. I, I mean, I thought the guy had the potential, and I said it. I thought, the, I thought Kapler had the potential to be a complete and utter – joke of a hire he has not been that but some of the with stuff a few you exceptions whether you know like going yeah. out and trying to yeah 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 a few exceptions yeah, yeah no yeah. and there's been a there's been a couple of things this year that have happened uh, and 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 we'll see what like we'll see what being an 85 win like look if this team collapses and stinks in the second half and they end up under 500 and missing the playoffs then he's gonna how he is viewed by his players moving forward is going to be something to to look at in 2023. But I I never really I think the one thing that 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 I learned in in 21 and and shame on me for not maybe understanding it completely until I saw it was just how how little impact he really does have and 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 and, mm. uh, and how predetermined a lot, everything is in terms of a game plan and wanting to get these matchups and this pitcher against that hitter and this hitter against these pitchers and and just the ph- philosophy of how they're built and that's not coming down on the coaching staff i think if anything there's some pretty pretty sharp minds on that coaching staff I'm not sure I'd necessarily put him in the cat. Like, he gets credit for it because he's leading it, but I I just, I almost, I do kind of look at him as the figurehead, the puppet, the guy that can come out when amazing things are happening and kind of be a front runner and, oh, yeah, this is our process. And, you know, he kind of sounds real smart when he's explaining it, even even maybe a little awkwardly smart when he's explaining mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think last year it was really easy for him to do that. And this year when it's not working, he sounds a little com- uncomfortable, and he's a little more rigid, and he's been a little more terse. And and I think, you know, he's going to have to deal with that. But I, I I guess what I'm getting at is I just don't think he, I don't think he really had a lot to do with the success. I don't necessarily think he has a that much to do with the failure. But I also don't think he's really going to be fixing anything either. So he's kind of in in, in a way I've kind of come to. You know, the losing may ultimately get him fired because I don't think he can handle a sinking ship really well. I think we saw that in Philadelphia. So we'll see how far this thing continues to sink if it does. But I also, I just don't think, he isn't really going to fix it any more than he was really he was really uh, helping it last year, if that makes sense, based, you know, beyond the, the predetermined matchups that, that I think were, basically handed to him on the iPad or the spreadsheet to, to try and find. There you go. I, I think that's also one of the tenets of Moneyball is that 
Um, the manager, in terms of the outcome of game, you want a good manager, but it, he doesn't matter that much. 888-957-9570. Not sure that's true. Uh, let's talk to Gene in Oakland on 95.7 The Game. Gene, thanks for hanging on. What's up? Hey, fellas. Hey. So, for life in general, I, I, I tend to fall back on the old adage, it's, it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all. And I think that's true for the Giants right now. I think they do need to make a serious effort to go after Soto. Um, they've gone from a team that, you know, a win-at-all-cost team that was willing to overspend, overpay, but uh, in order to win championships, much like the, the Warriors uh, have, and they won three, uh, you know, three championships in five years as a result. But with, with Farhan there, he's... He's treating the Giants the way he treated the uh, the A's. Basically, keep the budget down, keep the salary uh, level down, and uh, you know, try to build your farm system. Try to be more clever than other teams to come up with you know sort of the, those diamonds in the rough that allow you to make a make a run or two here and there. Uh, maybe do like what they did last year, mm-hmm. but they but still lacking the star power you need to really get over the hump and win a championship. So with Farhan. Treating the team like this, I, you know, I mean, you look at the A's. He did a good job with them, but it's been 33 years since they've won a championship. I'm afraid the same thing's going to happen with San Francisco unless they do commit to going after a star like Soto. Thank you, Gene. I mean, there is a chance here for Farhan to have uh, a boot in each camp as far as, you know, um, low budget, lower budget, money ball approach and big market, big money approach. So it's an interesting choice he has before him. J.D., getting back to your point, I did think last year that the Giants were ahead of schedule for two reasons. One, I thought that they kind of bought time by being as competitive as they were. They bought time for the younger players to continue to mature, and the younger players by now, some of them would be further along, I thought, and that that just hasn't happened, and that's baseball. The other thing I remember reading fairly early in the year when the Giants were clearly the surprise team of baseball, and there was a story about how surprising they were. And there was a quote from an anonymous exec with one of the teams in the division who said, wow, this, this, we didn't expect this would happen. And now the fact that the Giants are competitive is going to make them more of a player for the big names in the off season. So I also thought they were ahead of the game and had a schedule in that regard. Now we know that whatever happened in the off season, either they didn't like the guys that were available or they just didn't want to spend the money. The moves they made have worked, uh, Radon has been really good, and, and so has Peterson. But that's where I thought they were ahead of the game. And we'll see. It's too early to judge yet. But I thought by now they'd be further along um, on both sides uh, of that fence. I do think, real quick, I, I made a point before we went to break about that potential, potentially an ugly truth. And we've touched on it before. It's possible that when it comes to Soto or a player like Judge, who's a free agent, I don't know, J.D., if San Francisco, given the ballpark, the club is competitive, but is this a free agent destination? We know Bonds came here. It was his home. Maybe that would be a factor with Judge because he's from the area. But I don't know if the Giants are a team that a free agents look at and go, yeah, I want to go there. No, and and I think certainly hitters to this right. point have have not made that decision. And and I think that that is the one area of, you know, Maybe it is smarter to to focus your attention on on taking a shot on a guy like Aaron Judge because a guy like Aaron Judge either has a fondness from growing up watching the Giants and a Giants fan, and, and maybe a fondness to uh, that ballpark to where he would come when maybe somebody else wouldn't, even if he believes that maybe it is going to sacrifice some of some of his numbers. I mean, Soto will tell you. Like I think that you know the Gi- if the Giants are going to make the move for Soto. Uh, they're they're going to make the move knowing full well whether they're going to agree to a contract extension, at, you know, at the point of trade, or whether or not they may have to get him for two years and and try and and convince him to stay. They'll know and they'll ultimately make that decision if if they're legitimately in the running. I mean, I don't think we you know know the, the Nationals obviously have a say in this as far as who they're getting, but if it got down that road toward hey, this deal could actually come to fruition. To me, having him committed to the long term, talking about Soto, would be the utmost of importance if I'm going to consider giving up five of my top 10, 12 prospects. Yeah, another thing that complicates this situation, the fact that Washington's in a pretty good position 
That is, they don't have to trade him now. He can't just leave this year. He could be unhappy, right. but he's not a free agent. So if they're not overwhelmed by any offers this year at the deadline, guess what? They'll keep Juan Soto. So yeah. th- that makes and it, it. And it goes yeah. to the offseason. Yes. And then it goes to next trade deadline. Yep. And then and then there's still one more year at right. that point before uh, an offseason. So, yeah, no, I think that's a great point, Whitey. Yeah, a real quick, one more point on baseball here. We'll move on. Uh, to the uh, 49ers, of course, 888-957-9570, Comcast Business Text Line, or you want to phone in here on whatever you want to talk about. We're here to uh, take your calls and your texts, and we love when you participate. But one more baseball note. Final score last night, as you may have seen, and a texter has mentioned this here. Final score from Fenway, Boston Red Sox 5, Toronto Blue Jays 28. (laughs) <laughs> How about that? When I saw it or heard that score last night, I was like, well, that can't be right. What? 28-5 to five, the Blue Jays last night over the Red Sox. Modern MLB record for runs in a game is actually 30, set by the Rangers against the Orioles in 2007. The all-time mark goes back to 1897 uh, when <laughs> the Chicago Colts scored 36 against the Louisville Colonels. But Toronto came within two of the modern record. Uh, they had two runners on in the ninth inning. Boston had Yolmer Sanchez, an infielder, on the mound, and they couldn't get those runs in. So they did not tie the modern record. But, J.D., 28-5 to last night. What the what? Yeah, and, and part of that was the uh, Rymel Tapia inside the park grand slam on a just a, one of the worst <laughs> you talk about bad defense one of the worst one of the worst uh, judgments of a fly ball by the uh, by the center fielder for the for the Red Sox I mean the ball I mean he he's camped underneath it in just dead center field like it's coming down as a lazy fly ball and it hits off the base of the wall in center field <laughs> and it, it just I, I mean that is one of the worst most blatant misplays I've seen and uh, you know, Tapia, going back to to his time with the Rockies, ha- has always been kind of one. I've always kind of liked him as a player. And and one thing I've said to I don't know that I've said it to you, but I've said to others who who I talk baseball with frequently is, hey, good things happen seemingly when that guy comes up. At least they did a lot of the times when he would he would face the the Giants. And for him to be <laughs> be the guy to hit that <laughs> hit that ball and then basically stop. He's got a little sauce in his game, but, yes. but immensely talented. So he he basically stopped thinking, well, this is an out. And then to see him, a guy with tremendous speed, just turn on the Jets and be flying around the bases to get the inside the park grand slam, it was it was so wildly entertaining for one of the worst misplays you'll ever see from a center fielder to uh, uh, just a speedy hitter turning on the Jets and and flying around the bases. Uh, in in electrifying fashion, it was it, it was truly a, a sight to behold in a in a game that was yeah what the what two outs in the third inning Toronto was already up six to nothing Tapia hit a, it was fly ball to center field and the center fielder's name Jaron Duran and he took a couple of steps back couple of in and then he put up his hands you know like time out time out and uh, the ball hits the warning track <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, and. And what are Ta- we doing? Tapia said, the first base coach said, you've got to run. You've got to run. And he said, that's when I started running very hard right there. <laughs> he said, I hit it on the barrel. Same time, I didn't think it would go too far. And Duran, <laughs> that's a Jaron Ger- Duran, he's called losing sight of the ball. He said, most hopeless feeling you could ever feel. That's happening a lot lately, too. The outfielders just with no idea where the ball is. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, and it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly. For all the talk about the Giants' defense, Whitey, of late, and it's been really bad, and there have been some there have been some uh, you know, Harry High School type yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, from, from that that was I don't even know if that was Harry High School. That was uh, that was Maddie Middle School, I think, <laughs> yes. or Larry Little League. Yeah, yeah, Larry Little League. Yeah, it definitely was. You know, at Fenway they have their traditional singing, a Sweet Caroline, Sweet Caroline. Even that, when they finished singing, they started booing. <laughs> they started booing Sweet Caroline because they got ripped last night, twenty-eight to five, Blue Jays over the Red Sox. All right, that's where we will leave our baseball conversation for now. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason with you on 95.7 The Game. I think the two biggest stories in the Bay Area right now, sports stories, J.D., are A, you know, the Giants going to make a move for Soto. What are they going to do there? And then B is, 
And it's hardly a news story, but Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers gave Jimmy and his agent permission to seek a trade last week. So that's official. He's been throwing. But is there any trade to be made in your estimation? Yeah, permission to seek a trade. I I <laughs> I was I LOL when when I when I read that wrote like permission to seek a trade. I mean, I think he's had permission to seek a trade since January 31st, which is the day after the <laughs> NFC Championship game uh, lost to the to the Rams. So that that made me that made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, I, I think it also, though, is the 49ers trying as they've really tried to do for the last six months, trying to maintain that they still have some semblance of control over this situation. And and look, maybe they do. Maybe, maybe they have, although this would be an indicator that they don't have anything lined up, but, but they still feel, all right, we'll try, maybe try to do right by Jimmy and try to, in essence, I, where I think it is at this point is, do they do the the pay down the contract move in an attempt to try and get a fourth or a fifth round pick? Like I think I think it went from, and I never thought they were getting a second round pick for for Garoppolo, but when the injury popped up, it was immediately in my mind a, a probably a fourth round pick at best, a fifth round pick most likely as a baseline as a starting point. Now I don't think at face value he's worth a pick at all. I think some teams would say hey, you know, you can just cut him, but would the 49ers pay down a significant portion of, of that contract a la what the, what the Browns did in the, in the Baker Mayfield trade to, to Carolina, in essence buying a pick that otherwise they, they wouldn't get? The, the Niners have the cap space. Is it more beneficial to just cut and take the cap space into uh, you know, next year where you can have some, some carryover there? Uh, I know that the Niners are at a point right now where it doesn't do them. I, I think based on the calendar, it doesn't do them any good to cut right now. So it would have to be a little bit later on. Uh, so they're they're just continuing to try and play this out and, and I think act as if they they hold the cards and can, can still garner some semblance of, of value, Whitey. Now, if they cut him, don't they get then a compensatory like end of the third round pick, which would be basically a fourth round pick? I mean, I don't see how they're going to get much better than that if they're able to trade him. I still say, and I've been saying this all along, I still don't think there's a deal to be made there. And I'm wondering, Jimmy G, what's his motivation for seeking a trade? I guess it's that, okay, someone will pick up the contract and he'll get paid the same rate. But at some point, it may just be worth uh, his while to say, let's just, uh, there is no trade and I'll take less money to go somewhere where I definitely want to go if if nobody wants to give up enough to swing a trade. I still think he's going to get let go, J.D., and maybe I'm wrong. I'm just having a hard time seeing how any team is going to be in a position to make a deal here. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see just the, the, the timeline of it and with training camp beginning and players reporting on Tuesday. That's right, three days from today. Uh, and the first practice being on Wednesday – Will the you know will the Forty ers you know uh, it, I don't think he's going to be showing up and being out on the field around the team uh, uh, throwing. And, Thank and, you, JD. And, By the know, way, yeah, this whole notion that some will tell you though, oh, yeah. what if he's still on the roster? What if he's on the team? That ain't happening, right? That's ludicrous to think that he, they're going to bring him back this year. Yeah, he may still be on the roster, but that that would only be a, a, a formality. Uh, I I don't I, yeah. I think the Forty ers have done everything possible I mean this has been Trey Lance's team since the since the moment that the clock reached zero in in Los Angeles at SoFi on January 30th and the 49ers have have not had Jimmy Garoppolo around obviously he wouldn't have been able to throw up until recently even if he had been around but he he said bye-bye or night-night to the 49ers in that last press conference a couple of days after the championship game. So they're doing the right thing in immediately handing the keys to Trey Lance. Everybody within that locker room knows this is Trey Lance's team. I don't think they would do anything to 
to change that by bringing him around. Now, that would be too weird. It's one thing if he's got a, a placeholder salary slot on the roster until they figure out what they're going to do with him and the timing and logistics of all of that, Whitey, but there's no shot he's out there slinging the pill come Wednesday <laughs> afternoon or Wednesday he's morning. He's going to compete for the starting job. Yeah. Coming up, Steve Young on Trey Lance's future. Question on the text line here as well. Do you think Joey Bart is a bust? The answer to that. Next is John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Whitey and JD with you. I have to say, typically really enjoy and appreciate <clears throat> excuse me, the feedback we get on the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. You want to give us a call. You want to shoot us a text. We appreciate it typically. But, J.D., as you know, sometimes people think they're funny, and sometimes people will take shots, <laughs> and I don't necessarily appreciate that. To that point, Uh-oh. we were just talking a few moments ago about the game last night at Fenway, uh, Toronto 28, Boston 5, and I mentioned that the all-time record for most runs in a major league game is 36 Chicago Colts against the Louisville Colonels in 1897. 1897. So one of these jackals on the text line says, hey, hey, Whitey, what was your stat line in that 36-run game, or were you on the other team? And uh, a little before my time, sir or madam, I didn't play in that game in 1897. I was there with my Little League team. Okay, so, you know, I was too young to play. It's ridiculous to think that I played in that game in 1897. But this is the type of thing you have to put up with here on the text line, J.D. Just It's disrespectful. Yeah, as you know, I, I love the text line. Uh, probably not at the top of the list at, at 95.7 <laughs> the game in terms of, of love for the text line. But I do have a lot of love for the text line and enjoy going to it. But no one. At 95.7, the game, Whitey, will turn on the text line, go from 0 to 100 uh, on the text line like me. So I, I fully support I fully support in, in, yeah. in any moment Thank you. if you just snap and have to, have to check somebody. Yeah, I don't want to have to go there, but uh, I'm trying to maintain a positive attitude here. Uh, on the text line, before we get back to the 49ers, and I know you have some Jimmy G odds for us, uh, JD, but as I say, we appreciate the participation. And real quick here, I know we've spent a lot of time today talking about the Giants from the 408. Do you think Joey Bart is a bust? How would you answer that, JD? And then I'll I'll take a whack at it. Not yet, but not trending in the right direction. I mean, by by any means. I mean, not not a bust yet. I think we're 
I, I mean, I think we're maybe a year away from knowing for sure. Like the end of maybe the 2023 season, we would know for sure. Uh, but no, short answer, not yet. Yeah. Uh, he, I not think, trending in it. Right, right. Sorry, JD, we lost you just a little bit there. Apologies. Uh, yeah, Joey, I think he threw out a base runner last night and he's been making some some solid contact. Um, but I, I, it's just too early to say he's a bust. He may end up being one of those guys who projects as a low average, decent power guy. If he can, if he can catch and he has some, some legitimate pop, which he hasn't proven he has, he's shown flashes and then he has a really low average and strikes out a lot. I mean, I don't think he'd be a bust. There's certainly a a role for a guy like that. There are players like that, that, that might be a ceiling at this point, JD, um, but and you're not a bust yet. You're right, though. I mean, at this point, hasn't been impressive. Of late, though, showing a few uh, flashes. Uh, and and I think he's been a better player since they brought him back from Triple I think Gabe Kapler has mentioned that as well. Yeah, showing some flashes and so, showing some flashes of leadership, right? As well, they had the, you know, the big comeback, and and he's he's rallying the troops in the dugout, which is something you want to see because I think a lot of a lot of the expectation for him is, yes, be this amazing hitter, Whitey, but also try and fill eventually some of the leadership void left by Buster Posey. I do think him him specifically, the, the Posey to Bart transition has gotten off the rails a little bit, whether it's because he wasn't quite ready in 2020 and got a little bit too much thrown on his plate because Posey took that year off and opted out. That was a little bit of an issue. And then I think because Posey was so good last year, it, it in some ways prevented him from needing to, to, to come up and be a part of the action. And now he almost gets thrown back into, well, it's your job again, kid. Go get him. But I still think there's an expectation or belief that he should be farther along for sure. I'm not going to argue with anybody. He should be farther along than he is for being the number two yeah. pick in the draft. And that was years ago now. And so it's, it is worrisome that he's not farther along. But I'm not, I can't quite call him a bust yet, but I, I will say it is trending in that direction. All right, back to Wiggins, or in this case, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> what, what do we have, J.D., in terms of an update on the um, trade odds for Jimmy Garoppolo and where he may end up? Yeah, these, these are updated yesterday. Sportsbetting.ag is the source on this, and... With the 49ers and, and you know giving permission, him and his agent, to actively look for trade partners. I chuckle as I say that. Uh, the Browns <laughs> why is that so, at the Why top. is that so funny, The Jake? Browns. <laughs> yeah, because, well, it just, I mean, yeah. I think if they, I think they were granted permission months ago. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I don't know what kind of game the 49ers are trying to play there, but uh, the Browns are at the top of the list. Plus, 225 the Giants it's now Browns Giants Giants and these are again the football Giants or the baseball Giants actually I think he's gonna I think he's gonna catch for the okay for the the baseball Giants all right because Joey Bart may not be may not be uh and and I should I should clarify by the way Whitey these are these are Jimmy G uh, I, I said trade odds, but it's it's next team odds okay. more specifically. It important was, it was distinction. Gotcha. Put in two different. My apologies. Important distinction. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I, I no, I misspoke on that. It's it's uh, Browns plus two twenty five, Giants plus three fifty, Seahawks plus three fifty, and then the Texans, Lions, Bears. Jets and Saints come in at plus 2,000, the Jets and the Saints, respectively. The Browns make some sense. Uh, Deshaun Watson, by the way, is reporting to camp while he awaits word from the NFL uh, as far as what kind of suspension he'll be looking at. But I I buy what the Browns are selling, which is, you know what, Jacoby Brissett's going to be our guy if Deshaun Watson's uh, unavailable for the foreseeable. And maybe that's posturing, but I don't have a hard time believing that. So I don't think Jimmy would be a fit there. Seahawks, I don't know. Do, would the 49ers want to send him somewhere within the division? Texans like Davis Mills. I'm just not seeing a real clean, clear fit anywhere I look, J.D. I don't know about you, but that's why I still say no. I, I think he. I don't know that he's going to be able to find a trade anywhere. Yeah, I, I think he gets... 
I think if he gets cut, the Browns are, are, are an option. I think if he gets cut, Seattle's an option. Where are you on the whole Seattle thing? Because I know it's been, in, been bandied about a lot. And look, it, it's not – I'll give you my quick take on it. it. It's not that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go to Seattle and be a and 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 be a a star quarterback or reach a level with the Niners or with with them that he didn't reach with the Niners. But if I'm the Niners, I don't want to be losing any games to Seattle next year. And so I just I want to avoid the yeah. the potential for him to be you know to beat you one time. I mean he he the the Seahawks are the home opener for the Niners. This year, they also play him on a Thursday night late in the year. So, to me, you want to just avoid that. Hopefully, by shipping him somewhere gotcha. potentially to the AFC. So, you would tr- part of the reason you'd want to trade him is because you want to avoid him going as a free agent to Seattle. I understand. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. To me, Seattle's got the best shot of being decent with him at quarterback as opposed to to Geno Smith or to Drew Locke. If you were Jimmy, and I'm not saying you are. Um, but I know you're a very attractive guy in your own right, JD. But if you were Jimmy, where would you want to go? Doesn't mean you can go there. Doesn't mean you can say, "Hey, I'm coming here." But where do you think would be the best spot for him? Where would you want to go if you were Jimmy Garoppolo? Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all all that being said, no, yeah. Seattle is number one. I would want to go stick it to the Niners and and meet them twice a year. And be the quarterback. I would love nothing more if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo than to be the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks week two at <laughs> Levi Stadium for the 49ers home opener head to head against Trey Lance. Like mm-hmm. I, I am I I would be that would be my one, two, and third choice if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and there's not I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what the downside would be. If you're Seattle, obviously, if there's a trade, you got to consider what you got to give up. But I mean, just bringing in Jimmy and all the intel you intel you'd get from him, right? On the way the 49ers run things, there'd be tremendous value just in that. So yeah, if he ends up going to Seattle, this thing could really blow up in the 49ers' faces. Yeah, and and look, Seattle doesn't project to be a very good team at all. But if they are a five-win team with Drew Locke. I think they could be an eight-win team with with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that just makes the division all the more formidable. And I know a lot of people are th- are, would say, "Well, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. It doesn't matter." And I think long term, it doesn't matter. But in the context of this year or the next couple of years, there, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, here's something on the on the table, and and this is nothing against Trey Lance, who I think is going to be a really good quarterback in, in his own right. But Jimmy Garoppolo could be a better quarterback in 2022 than Trey Lance. And that's not I'm not saying the Niners should keep him or anything like that. That ship has sailed. But Jimmy Garoppolo could be a better quarterback than Trey Lance. And if if you know the Seahawks somehow with Garoppolo, to your point, won seven or eight games and the Niners with Trey Lance won seven or eight games because he's <laughs> not ready or injured or whatever. I mean that that is a major bad look for for this one season. From the four one five, absolutely ridiculous that a quarterback of his caliber is still sitting on the trade block. Well, if he were healthy, maybe. I mean, you have to factor in uh, the injury, and then you have to factor in the the fact that you know teams don't know yet the degree to which he's going to be able to throw when the season starts. So that's a huge part of it. It's not just this uber-talented with this gaudy winning percentage Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. The shoulder injury changed the whole complexion of this whole thing. I think he would have already been gone if not for the fact that he got uh, injured and then had the surgery when he did. Well, and the 49ers would tell you not only would he be gone, but they would have got a second-round pick for him uh-huh. uh, back back in back in March, which I I still don't believe that either. No, I, I don't agree. Yeah, with that I don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Trey Lance, you mentioned Trey Lance, and maybe Jimmy's going to be better than Trey Lance next year. It's certainly possible. Steve Young was on the station this week, a couple days ago. He was on with Damon and Larry Kruger in for Ray Ratto. Steve Young had some very interesting things to say about the 49ers' short-term, long-term futures as it relate to Trey Lance. Steve Young said that Trey Lance should be aware that Steve Young, in some ways, is the blueprint for Trey Lance. 
any footprints hmm. that you see uh, ahead of you, they're mine. <laughs> you know, like, like there's no way that you're going to go through something uh, in the next 10 years, specifically in San Francisco, that, that I, I don't have some context for or have some history with or some unusual situation from being on the front page of the Chronicle when they blamed the Gulf War on me in 1991. You know, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny kind of thing. And so I think Trey is, I just want to let him know that part of it, that whatever path you're on, there's people that have kind of walked it in not exactly the same way, but and just some context for how to have some resilience to it, not try to try to focus on the things that are most important. I, I think if you're Trey Lance, and I, I appreciate Steve Young a great deal, very intelligent guy and a great player. But if you're Trey Lance and you hear that, J.D., your first question probably is, what's the chronicle, right? I mean, things have changed a lot is, is my point. Things have changed a lot, but I, I do think the message – I do think the message remains the same. I mean, that I, I was kind of wondering at first, you know, where where is he going with this? But I, I, I mean, he laid it out, and and it is true. I mean, there are. It would be hard to hard to believe that there would be anything that Trey Lance would go through that Steve Young didn't didn't go through. I mean, that that is a really that really is a unique perspective. Yeah, I think the big difference, and and obviously Steve Young didn't say it's exactly the same, so he's keenly aware of this. But to me, the big difference is, first of all, Steve Young, we knew, was a much better quarterback than we know that Trey Lance is going to be. But the big difference is Steve Young was replacing Joe Montana. And Trey Lance is replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know there are still a number of Jimmy backers. Some of them have texted us already. But for the most part, the fan base can't wait for him to be out of here. And when Steve Young stepped in, of course, a lot of people are still, they still have kind of a broken heart over the fact that that Joe Montana uh, had to go. So that's the biggest difference. I think Trey Lance, for what it's worth, will have more of the fan base behind him. And he already has them behind him from day one uh, of the Trey Lance era. He will, and it is 100% a lower bar. The question, though, is I do think, and there is some added pressure, though, with the fact that that so many people believe that it's a lower bar. Like, to me, it's like, you better be better than Jimmy. Like, think about how many people right now have said that they firmly believe Trey Lance should be better than Jimmy Garoppolo and will be better than Jimmy Garoppolo day one. This season, training camp starts next week, September 11th in Chicago. He's the starting quarterback. They should be better, and, mm-hmm. and he will be better. Like To me, there is a it, – it may be a low bar, and of course it's a low bar compared to, to Joe Montana – uh, you know, either the goat or the number two goat behind Tom Brady uh, in terms of quarterbacks in NFL history, but if it is a lower bar, that also means you better hit that low bar, or you need to be held accountable to not hitting that low bar. The Giants, I think. Um, excuse me, not the Giants. Someone on the text line texts about the Giants here. I apologize. Um, here's the thing about, about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the Forty ers I look at his time here, J.D., and I'm trying to figure out why it wasn't better. The arm strength was one thing, but, you know, there are ways around that, and he still won, and they, you know, Super Bowl, they nearly won a Super Bowl, nearly got to another. The thing that that kept Jimmy, held him back, he just threw the ball to the wrong team too often. You know, and it just too often where it was terrible, terrible mistakes. Guys in the past, there have been guys like Brett Favre that took a lot of chances, so he, he would throw interceptions. There was some of that in Jimmy, but there were times when he just – what are you looking at? That happened too often. I'm trying to figure out how we got to this point from where, and I was asking Dibs about this a few weeks ago. You know, when he first came here, when Jimmy G first came here and he didn't play for a while and then he was coming off the bench and they were winning games and he was this dashing quarterback and it looked like, wow, and I know we're talking like 2017, it was a while ago, especially in football years, but it looked like, man, this they found their guy. And here we are. Uh, five years later, whatever it is, and we're looking at him as he's got to go. How did we get to this point? Was it Jimmy not as good as we thought? Was it the injuries? Was he not an ideal fit for Shanahan? Did he somehow get shanitized where working with Shanahan robbed him of some of his gifts? How do you think we got to this point where Jimmy went from, oh, my goodness, he could be something like Montana to, yeah, they got to get rid of him? I, I think the injuries are probably the the biggest part of it. I, I think it's twofold. It it's that being the injuries, and it's also the fact that that when you don't win the Super Bowl, and and it kind of gets put on you in a way that you didn't win the Super Bowl. 
that's a game changer. And I think Jimmy very quickly became someone that that got that rap of well, you can't win, you can't yeah. win it all with him. Yeah. You can't win it all with him because they they got to that point and he missed that throw and mm-hmm. he wasn't great in the Super Bowl and so he's not the guy. I, I think the injuries were a bigger part of it though because if you look at when he played, the Niners won and won at a high level. We can debate how much impact he had. Some games he had a tremendous impact on that. Other games he did not have much impact on it. In the playoffs, for whatever reason, didn't have as much of an impact on it. The 49ers were able to win in other ways. I think that over time became a detractor. But but to me, the injuries are still number one. You look at 2018, he gets injured. It, it wipes out a season. 2020, he gets injured again. It wipes out a season. I think Kyle Shanahan got to a point where there were couple of things going on that that 2021 draft was the draft to go get a quarterback the Niners because they were a non-playoff team in 2020 were going to have a pick to where they had some flexibility to move up and he felt at the time all right Jimmy two out of these last four years has been unreliable due to injury and now's the time where we can maybe move up and get a franchise quarterback that's that's younger at a point where you can we're going to have to start paying the rest of the roster so you want your quarterback to make less as we've seen other teams have to be able to navigate that calculus but i think it all started with Jimmy Garoppolo's unreliability in terms of availability whitey obviously a huge factor i agree with this text from the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. This is basically the point I was making. Jimmy never improved on his inefficiency. He would still throw it to Bobby Wagner when he was standing right there. I agree with that. I think the biggest factor, injuries were a big one, J.D. My guess would be that an even bigger factor is that for all the dissatisfaction with Jimmy from the fan base, the only guy that mattered, you know, Shanahan's opinion is the only one that mattered, and he was never, I don't think he was ever sold on Jimmy. I don't think he was that thrilled when they brought him in. I know there were, uh, I had some information from a very good source early on that they were not thrilled with how long it was taking Jimmy to get up to speed. That's okay. That's, you know, that's, that's not that unusual, but I don't think that Kyle was ever completely on board with Jimmy. Then you, you know, you lose a Super Bowl when you call up play, you drop the play where you got the, 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 the uh, touchdown set up and he overthrows him. I think ultimately it came down to that. I don't think Kyle was ever sold on him, and I think that's one reason why there's been so much dissatisfaction. I think fans, you know, they hear him talk, and they they can read between the lines, and I think fans know that. They sense that, that Kyle was never quite sold on Jimmy. And the irony, though, is how, how what a respect level I think not only Kyle Shanahan had had for him, and and in some ways his ability, whether it was to shake off poor play and come up with yeah. big plays that help him win, and or at times, I mean, the injury thing has also been kind of twofold because I think at times I've gotten the impression, Whitey, that Shanahan thought he was a little soft or could have played through some things, but there have also been times where he clearly did play through some things. That, that were bothering him and, and the Niners needed him to and yeah. he helped them. So I even think there's been a pull both ways with respect to that a little bit, Whitey. And, and also Shanahan knowing that the locker room fought for yep. Jimmy Garoppolo yep. and played for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I do feel like there was this constant pull of Shanahan realizing that there was a value and trying to move forward with it and they were winning a lot. And also, maybe, as you say, him not not totally being his guy is a very unique situation where typically, like, Shanahan doesn't strike me as the kind of guy, like, if, if he was truly out on him, I don't think Shanahan could hide it. Like, if he was truly out on him, I don't think last season could have happened mm-hmm. the way that it happened with them winning, so... I think a lot of people get credit for it, but I also think maybe Shanahan is a little more in on him in terms of at least making it work or respecting him than than he got credit for. As for Trey Lance and the 49ers' future, here's Steve Young again. He was on with Damon Larry Kruger this week. Steve Young says Trey Lance wants to be perfect and he's going to have to be patient. Can't want too much too soon. I really want to have Trey not feel like that everything has to be perfect because he has that tendency in him and that's not a again that's part of the solution part of the reasons why the 49ers took him is because he has that processing power that earnestness about the job he wants to get to the you know wants to have all the data 
He's not, uh, and that's just, and that's one of his talents. It's one of his God-given talents. And so in that way, you don't want to take away from it. But I, I've seen it where when it's overdone and people don't know when to, when to stop and when, when uh, Mitch Trubisky had a little bit of this as well. And I don't want to see Trey trying to be perfect trying to live up to the ghosts of the past or even the ghosts of the present, trying to do all that and live and, and, and trying to do it all at once. That, I think, again, speaks to the difference between Trey Lance's situation and Steve Young's situation. Trey Lance doesn't have as much to live up to. I mean, obviously, as a 49er quarterback, people remember some of the all-time greats, but he's not replacing Joe Montana. He's replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. So if they win... Even if he's, you know, far from perfect early on, this team wins. I think it's all going to work out, and I think I don't. I don't think there's going to be a ton of, of pressure on him this year, JD. If he's playing well enough for them to win, yeah. The the bar is low. Uh, to to repeat that, the bar is yep. low for this year. For yes. this year, the bar is low. Yes. Now over the over the the big picture of it, the bar is still very high because they gave up three picks to move up to get him. And he was the third pick in the draft. So, but but for twenty two, this season coming up, it's hey, manage the game, make a few more explosive plays, help this team win at the level that they want. Because that's the other thing, the the rat on the table here, Whitey, is this this Forty ers team with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach has not won consistently with anybody other than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So that that is something that they have to shake. Trey Lance should be good enough for that to happen. That's the bar for it. It's two different bars. There's the bar for 22, and then there's the bar for hey, you were the third pick in the draft. At some point, you need to be a star. And, but but he but but for 2022, hear me out. The star the star component doesn't have to necessarily be in play. So it, it, let's let's lay off the pressure on the kid to be a star now, but also maybe put the pressure on the kid to be at least what Jimmy Garoppolo was statistically and also in terms of winning. That's how I gauge Trey Lance in year two with this franchise being uh, you know, his now to operate. Yeah, and let me just clarify what I said. I said there won't be too much pressure on him. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Trey Lance, but I think if they're winning, even if his early results are inconsistent, I think the expectations will be manageable if they're winning. All right, coming up, special guest is going to join us, uh, Bay Area TV legend Jim Cosimore. You've seen him on uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. You've you've heard him here on 95.7 The Game. Turns out there's a rumor, J.D., that he's leaving, that he's, got, that he's leaving the Bay Area and going to Tennessee. We're going to find out if that's true. Cos joins us next. It's J.D., Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 